mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Today is episode 51. Good morning, Martin. 51, good morning, Stuart. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Good, Yourself? Good, yeah, not too bad, thank you. I can't believe we're, we're rattling through. We're soon be on to 100, then what? MBE, services to broadcasting. Banning order. Probably. The world's <laughs> banning order, prison, yeah, you name it. Right, let's crack on. Who have we got today? Let's have a look. Let's peer Let's peer over the microphone. Oh, my word. It's, it's Emma Hall, Key Relationship Director from Moving Legal. Hello, Emma. Hello, Martin and Stu. Morning. Good morning. You're well. You don't need an introduction, Emma. Everyone knows you, don't you? Anyone that's on Twitter certainly knows you. Probably How are on you? Twitter, probably. They probably know more about my cats and food than anything <laughs> yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for coming in, uh, uh, Emma. But before we start talking about sort of the day job, we always like to find out about people yeah. first. What's your What's your CV? I mean, how, you know, <clears throat> what led you to be sitting in, in the room with uh, the two greats of the uh, podcasting world? Shit, I'm luck, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> so my, <laughs> my degree when I was at uni was actually psychology which I now actually think comes in pretty helpful working in the broken lender world if I'm honest I didn't know what I wanted to do when I left uni probably wanted to do a master's Mm -hmm. thought about going into marriage guidance (laughs) well that didn't go particularly well yeah yeah, that is psychology again and just took up a temp job a lawyer um quite enjoyed the job um decided well do you know I might give this a go it's quite interesting Mm -hmm. I can take a year out and then go back to do my master's, save up a little bit of money, maybe not go to the bank of mum and dad to pay for this master's and actually pay for it for myself. Um, a year in, again, I was actually quite enjoying it. I thought, do I really want to go back to education? I've got money in the bank. I'm earning yeah. bonus. This is great. Yeah. I can go out to the pub, yeah. spend my money. Um, so I started a firm up north where I stayed for 10 years. Um, originally for three to four years, practice conveyance and supervised. Um, and then got approached because apparently I was personable and friendly. Really? To, what I happened? Know, I don't know what happened. That's what happened. Came London to London. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came to London and went southern, then it all went wrong. <laughs> um, so I went out in the field, I think in 2004, and it was face to face with brokers. Mm-hmm. It was working on site, doing some of the conveyance and work within the brokers. It was working with lenders, going into the lenders' office and helping them with processes to what we did. Um, and then I've Moved around a couple of firms since, um, but joined where I am at the moment. It's two years ago this week. Oh, happy actually. birthday. I know, happy birthday for me. That's gone quick. It has gone really quick. Um, what's quite interesting is the chap I've gone to work for, John. Yeah. He was actually a mortgage broker himself for 18 years. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, this is so John Ahmed. This is John yeah. Ahmed. So he was a broker himself for 18 years. He owned his own brokerage. Mm-hmm. I think he had 70 plus advisors. Oh. It was quite a big brokerage. Um I actually did his conveyancing for him as a broker. So I've known him for that oh, long. Um, he then moved on to work at some networks and it was only when I decided I actually wanted to go and work for someone and have some fun oh. and actually work with someone that was like-minded, mm-hmm. actually wanted to put the broker first and not the financials first, if that yep. makes sense. I think, I think it makes a, a, that, an awful lot of sense. Uh, I think uh, some some third-party affiliates just look at brokers as being a necessary evil yeah. uh, rather than actually fundamentally the the person that brings the clients 
that we all need for our businesses. Um, so I think that's overlooked massively. Mm. The importance that the broker, the broker role, not just in doing the job, but actually creating the work that we uh, lots of businesses can feed off. Mm. I mean, our, the broker is our partner, mm. just as well as our lawyers are our partner. So it is one actual team, because if we don't work mm. together, it's just not going to complete. And there's no point fighting, fighting against each other. So John, because I think he was a mortgage broker himself... He sees it. sees it from both directions. He really. does. And yeah. we're not reinventing the wheel. We do the same as what some of our other providers do. What we do once we're instructed does differ a lot. It does change a lot once mm-hmm. we're instructed. We do it in a very different way. Um, and again, that is coming from the broker experience. And I think because I've got the conveyancing experience, I actually understand what's happening so Mm. when a lawyer tells one of our brokers or a client something and they panic i can actually go and calm them down and explain it to them maybe in a different way which is your psychology which is my psychology that goes that's the whole thing isn't it with regards to delivering of a message depending on what what element you are in the process isn't it in terms Mm. of making it make sense for people makes things happen in a different way because if Likewise, if a broker got that feedback with the explanation, which they might not necessarily get from another provider, it helps with the client management as well in terms of the client understands more because the broker understands more. Yeah, and we, we, we will go down the route where I will go and explain it to a broker. And if the broker's really struggling and I'll say, look, I'm happy to talk to the client. If you want me to talk to your client for you instead, mm-hmm. I'll do that. I can't give them legal advice, yeah. but I can certainly just guide them through. And if I can't do anything, I will get the lawyer to talk to them. But if you feel like it would be better, they're not panicking at lawyers ringing them. Yeah. I'll ring them and talk to them. So just off the back of that, I'm guessing the last three to six months you've been mm-hmm. quite busy. <laughs> Very busy. And I wouldn't even say I'd say the last nine months. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, when you look at when we shut down, what was it? The 23rd of March, mm-hmm. we reopened the 13th of May. I'm so sad with date, <laughs> but we reopened the 13th of May. Um, we knew a couple of days before that date was happening, so we were quite lucky. We had a heads up. Mm-hmm. You had virtually just under two months of nothing happening. No activity. Yeah. Um, th- there was a level of activity because some lawyers already worked at home pre-COVID. Mm. They were already geared up, but the ones that weren't, it did just come to a, a stop. So you all of a sudden have that backlog then they chuck in a stamp duty holiday. On top of it. And I think the last stamp duty holiday was probably 2014, 15. That was manic. And mm. we didn't have a lockdown. We didn't have a pandemic. Mm. We didn't have any of that. And that was a struggle. So it has been a struggle. I really do feel for a lot of our lawyers. Because um, it, it all ends, it funnels down to them ultimately. They are the one. They don't get paid until it completes. There's no money up front. Mm. That upfront money does go to the searchers. So literally they are that final hurdle mm. where everyone, quite honestly, is emotive. Mm-hmm. They're getting a bit irritated. They can't understand why it's taken as long as it is. Um, mortgage offer arrives on the lawyer's desk and they go, well, that's it, we can complete. Mm. No. That's when it starts for a lot of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. A lot of it, that yeah. is when it starts because a lot of clients actually, understandably, don't want to spend money and start to pay for stuff because if they don't get their offer... It won't go through. Do you know what I think sometimes that feeling starts? It's sometimes from the broker's perspective. So I think sometimes brokers give clients the impression, because the broker is trying to explain what, as far as they're concerned, they think that the majority of their work is done by the time when the mortgage is actually offered. Mm. They give the client the impression that everything runs very quickly after that point, to a certain extent, which gives a false impression of the reality. That's become very apparent during COVID. Is it? So I've spent, during 
the back end of COVID anyway, the, the last lockdown that we had, I've actually written a CPD course, which is actually on conveyancing. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing with our brokers, they don't have to do it, they can do it, they get the CPD hour, is, right, this is what happens from the moment you quote your client to the client getting those keys, mm -hmm. these are the stages. I've built in the mortgage offer in there, and the mortgage offer, like I say, it can come in early, it can come in last minute, but this is what the conveyancer actually does from start to finish. This is what inquiries are. Mm -hmm. This is what exchange and completion means, and this is the pitfalls. This is what will cause a delay. And the brokers I've actually done this with so far that trialled it for me before we got accredited actually now don't call us as much. They're calmer. And they're a little bit more, wow, we didn't know how much went into it. So we identified that actually there was a gap in education. Mm, that's I good. Cause... You know, he's, we had Roger Morris on a previous episode. And we were talking about uh, gaps in broken knowledge, Stu, if mm. you remember. Uh, yeah. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because we'd never, we never, we just assume that mm. the, the, the conveyancing process is fluid. Uh, mm -hmm. logical yeah. <laughs> um, it's got a way to go it's got a long way to go isn't yeah. it? it makes me wonder be, is is the current sort of home buying process from a legal point of view fit for purpose do you think it needs updating um, I think the problem that you've got and I've just had this conversation with your next guest you've got so many elements to the chain that are regulated and not regulated so mm -hmm. you've got right. regulated lenders and non-reg lenders You've got regulated brokers and non-regulated... Mm. Well, you've got regulated and non-regulated brokers. You, estate agents aren't regulated, part of the chain. Mm. The only person that is fully regulated, no matter what, is actually the lawyer mm. who's got the PI insurance at the end of it. Um, you've got so many people, until everybody wants to be on one system and talk together, if you've got a chain of 10... Mm it's very hard to get every single lawyer to go into one system. Well, where, where does a block come in? What, 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 where do you, what do you see the most? Where does the frustration come from most people? Is it is it the local authority searches that can take two days or, or two months? At, at the moment, because of the stamp duty, the local authority is the biggest concern. So at the moment, there is a council taking 175 days. Oof. Now, unfortunately, that, that council was actually hacked and held to ransom. <laughs> so that just goes to show about mm. security yeah. within. Mm -hmm. um, you've got... Some councils taking five days, some taking 45, some taking 20 days. Mm -hmm. What we're doing at the moment is when our brokers instruct, we say, look, ring your BDM, tell us the local authority, we'll tell you how long it's taken. So you can say to your client, look, that's 45 days, we can't make them go any quicker. Mm. If it comes in quicker, great. So at the moment, the local authority is the biggest challenge in some areas, not all areas. I mean, there's over 400 authorities. And again, they all work on different computer systems. Mm. So they don't actually all work on a unique... Integrated. They're not, they're not integrated. talking to each other. No. So they, and they don't really have to, to be honest with you. They're independent. Mm -hmm. And I think the other problem that you've got is, does a different quality of work solicitors do? Some will turn a blind eye. Mm. Some will want to dot their I's yeah. across their T's because the PI insurance now is very expensive and it's quite difficult to get it is not easy i think we've seen the same in the broken world uh yeah and in many respects ifa world mm. certain aspects of the broken world it is becoming whether this is uh, a logical knock-on effect from the litigious society we've created with the the claim management firms you know always looking for the next bandwagon to, to mm. jump on it does seem to me that the pi market is is not functioning very well across a lot of sectors no it, it started to not function well to be honest with you in post-credit crunch. Mm. 
Right. So you did have offshore islands that were happy to insure certain companies. Um, I won't pick out any company in particular, <laughs> but they were happy to insure companies and a lower premium, knowing mm-hmm. that, yeah, there was probably a risk this person was going to mess up at some point. Mm-hmm. Those companies started to disappear very quick into the mid twenty thirteen fourteen. Mm. So they've all disappeared. They've gone. So, um, but has have, I think someone told me the other day it's over fifteen hundred solicitors have gone. So the solicitors that couldn't get the insurance to do it. Is that firms? Firms. Fifteen hundred firms. Yeah. Have not been able to secure PI. Well, not necessarily not secure oh, PI. A number but of have reasons. Left, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Have mm. left the market because you've also got to look at if you're a high street firm doing ten conveyances a month. Is it worth your PI insurance to continue that to continue doing it. for the year? It probably mm. isn't. Um, mm. So you'll have a lot that will have just gone, right, we're going to knock complaints on the head. But then that, that has a, the knock-on effect of, of increasing the backlog somewhere else. If those 1,500 firms were doing yeah. those 10 mortgages a month mm. suddenly, or conveyancing um, transactions yeah. a month, suddenly that's another, get my math, 15,000 mortgage uh, conveyancing processes funnels down to somewhere else yeah somewhere else so again you're getting your bigger firms that happen to recruit more yeah because they're getting more in does it lead to consolidation this kind of this kind of market do you think in what way as in uh only the strongest survive um that sometimes maybe some of the small for all the examples you've said there and the cost of pi and um uh, the cost of just doing any kind of business seems to be rising exponentially is it a question of maybe the firm's clumping together to create a bit more critical mass for themselves um we, we are seeing some firms that are joining together not names that you would mm-hmm. recognize in the industry um you're probably looking at law firms that look more to the likes of ourselves that don't want to do their own marketing mm-hmm. their own sales so they're like actually we want x amount of conveyance in that suits us could you just go and get it for us mm. and that's what we do we go out and get so i think you're going to have a mixture of the two yeah. that both will go in. I know someone that's just set up a law firm that I used to work with somewhere else. He approached me. I want to do conveyancing, but I don't actually want to have to go out and find it myself. Can yeah. I come on can I come on panel and could you do it for me? Um this is the sort of work I want. So So while while you get in the flow of there, Emma, what you just give us a plug for, for, for moving legal. What is it what is it why should brokers come to you? What's you know, what what's the benefit? You yeah, know, yeah. how can you help? Apart from obviously you <laughs> bringing all their clients. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um so basically what we do, um brokers can go on, they can quote for their conveyancing, whether it's a remortgage, bridge purchase sale whichever it is um and they can look at law firms based on area service or cost i'd always say don't always go for the cheapest we do (laughs) tend to find people tend to go three or four down the list um pick up the phone and talk to us as well that's the biggest thing if you're doing a quote and you've got a quirky client Mm -hmm. there's a time scale don't just presume that solicitor that's come up can do it pick up and talk to one of your BDMs, talk to me, you can talk to John, any of us will answer the phone. And we'll say, okay, we recommend you go to this lawyer because we know they've got the capacity, they've got someone that can do it. So it's not just presuming, well, because I know this in my head, the lawyer's going to know once I hit instruct, that's the situation. Yeah. Um, Once we've got the case, like I said before, our BDMs, we have staff up at head office that monitor it from instruction through to completion. If we see that things aren't happening quickly enough and within our time frames, we will get in touch with the lawyer and we will say what's going on and we will update the system for the broker ourselves. Okay. We know at the moment, and particularly during stamp duty, we want our lawyers actually getting on with the job. 
we are helping them fill out mm-hmm. the portal to help the brokers. So we've actually plugged in a gap. We took on a new member of staff to do that for us. So you've almost become a bit of an outsourced admin uh, facility yeah, to you? Yeah, we are. We are pretty much outsourced yeah. admin. Um, the way that we work, our BDMs will make sure I'll keep on top of their cases. Mm-hmm. If the BDMs are stuck or anything seems to become what they class as problematic, that's when it comes to me. And then I'll go in um, and then I'll look at it because I've got the conveyancing experience to say, actually, that's not a problem. Don't worry about it. This is why mm-hmm. it's happened. Or I'll go, hold up. Yeah, we probably need to do something here. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go in and talk to our lawyers and have a conversation with them because, in essence, I can have a sensible. It's a real sort of firefighting role you've got there in some respects, isn't it? It is. Um, my role's definitely been different during the stamp duty than what <laughs> I was actually meant to be doing for the reason I joined them as a business. So I've managed to be quite flexible into, OK, I'll flip over to do this bit. Mm-hmm. I think I'm you'd be good at that. I flipping think back over to you doing can, something you can, else. You've always, come, to me anyway, come across as being able to do lots of different things, get on with lots of different people. You can understand yeah. the broker perspective. I'm married to Robin, so oh. yeah, I've, 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 I've got to <laughs> Brings us back to the psychology it. degree. It back to psychology, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, but you, again, not many people would have the confidence to ring someone else's client. Mm. I mean, solicitors don't like ringing clients. So Nobody likes ringing clients. No, exactly. But you, 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 you can speak to lots of different people within that same yeah, transaction. Yeah, the same transaction. Well, the thing is, that, that's the key thing, is the communication, isn't it? Because it's it makes such a difference to, if there's an issue, to getting things resolved. It's the same with, with lenders. I mean, there are some lenders out there, for example, who you've got a designated BDM that you never hear from, from one year to the next sometimes. It's, it's as and well it's, knowing that it is a motive, People get stressed. People get upset. They're not upset at me. Mm. They are upset with something else. And one, the one thing I did before coming into this, I actually worked at a famous catalogue in complaints. Right. So I would spend my hungover weekends as a student <laughs> being shouted at, screamed at. I'd ruin the kids' Christmas. They haven't got their bike. Wow. The grass isn't growing. So this is quite easy for you then. So this was just, I knew they didn't have the problem yeah. with me. It was somewhere else in yes. their life. So. Yeah, if if someone gets a little bit, my job is just to try and calm them down. Mm. Yeah. Um, but also, you're you're uh, just Stu's point there about BDMs. I mean, you're very visible uh, yeah. in your role, which I think is is a is a huge thing mm. because mm. Uh, you don't see other similar firms to to move your legal out there, and people identify with you, and mm. therefore they identify with the brand behind it you're a big fan of social media it's changed a lot since we first connected on it yeah a little bit toxic to say the least at the moment it's very toxic at the minute i mean i've i actually set up a new twitter account last march so i've actually minimized it to keep it a bit smaller so it's Mm. less toxic than i think if i'd have kept it as a huge account with thousands of people on there um i've loved social media since i mean i've been on it since oh since twitter probably started and if i'm honest if i hadn't have done that that is how I met certain people in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did the tweet meet. Yeah, I remember those good old days. Yeah, we we could... did tweet meet one and tweet meet two. Yeah. Everyone thought we were going to stand in a room and just tweet each other. And it was <laughs> like, no, actually, phones are banned. What a night out that would be. That would be a great <laughs> night. It's my, actually, that's my normal night out. Yeah. Um, uh, how's the darts coming along? Uh, Emma, you're a big oh, dart. Have you not. managed to get... To no. Get... No? I, I, need to, I, had, I had darts actually with a friend book the other week and for one reason or the other we couldn't do it um you can now go back to play darts after the 19th we're you have good to, take, to go no you can do it now we can do it now yeah good. yeah um but you have to take your own darts right which is fine i wouldn't use anyone else's darts anyway you're a professional um yes i'm a professional um i need to get back into it um because we've just not done it dartboard going up in the flat I'm not sure robin will have be. you managed a nine dart finish yet never a nine dart what, what, i think what's your... i think i've done something like a 16 or 17 oh, 
Still pretty still impressive. Going, I, I always end up at double one. I know that. I might take me 400 <laughs> darts to get down to double one. I've but... only ever done, I think, one 180. And I wanted to get really excited, but it was in a tournament that I was playing in with a team. Oh. So I had to sort of casually yeah, go and I'm sort of going, oh, I really want to cheer and jump down. And I couldn't. Um, <laughs> no, I will get back into the darts. Um, I do want to put on some sort of charity industry event, mm-hmm. which we were looking at pre all this happening. Um, Post 19th, I can go back to look into it. Well, yeah. Emma, that, that 18 minutes, as usual, has flown by, which brings us to the, the closing feature That's of uh, Burton Ernie's podcast, which is top five albums. And I've never looked forward to more <laughs> hearing someone's top five albums other than Emma's. You got excited by this, which is good news. I did get excited by this. and I Rick thought... Ashley will listen in, by the way. Do you understand that? I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I'll be tweeting it to him. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll get it too. Well, you I with... know where his bar is. Um, so... One came in last minute. I'm going to start with the worst and yeah. hopefully it gets better. Okay. So, the first one is PJ and Duncan, like <laughs> 1994. PJ and Duncan and yeah. the Deck. So, on your Desert Island disc, that will be yeah, one of the it albums. Will be. And do you know what? That was the first CD I bought for the first CD player I had that my dad bought me when his endowment mortgage paid out. There you go. So there you well, go. It's, it's sort the, of tied. It's got memories it's attached got memories. to it. It's not and many I'm, tunes, but lots of memories. And it's actually the only album this year I've listened to in full because now it's all about downloading songs yeah. rather than an album. I actually had an ice hockey top, the same as what Ant had on, okay, on, the, on, the, on the cover of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it purely by accident. Yeah. I think and you bet you had a centre part in as well, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think you two should do a Let's Get Ready to Run with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that could be our yeah, theme yeah, tune. That could be your tune. Yeah. All right, come um, on, right, the I'll next build. one is No Doubt, Tragic Kingdom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gwen Stefani. Gwen yeah. Then it is Rick Astley, Whenever You Need Somebody. This isn't any particular order. This is just... Not really in an order, but no. I have saved what I think is the one to make me end So was that, so was that Rick Astley's first album? That was his first one. So when I was seven years old, he was my pin-up on my wall. Still is a bit, isn't he? <laughs> he still is What's my pin-up. Robin's annoyance? What's the Robin's annoyance? I've only, I've only seen him a few times in concert, and I don't stalk his pub at all to try and meet him. Um, then it's Savage Garden, Affirmation, okay. which is 1999, way. so that's very studenty. Yeah. And the last one is Freddie Mercury Queen, Made in Heaven. Ninety-five. Ooh, do you know that's mm. not a, that's not one of the more well-known albums. No, so that was the one he wrote when he was dying. Right. Oh. Yeah, because he and that was that released just after, before, a, just before, just, or just after his death. Was it? Yeah. It was Ninety-five. So I think he. Do you know? I don't think I've even listened to anything. Yeah, because there was a, um, one of the documentaries covers that period. I think doesn't it? I've yeah. On Sky Arts or somewhere when they went to Montreux because they used yeah. to record in the studios there I the, think it's him on the front of the album where they recorded it in front of the lake uh-huh. and it was one of the last pictures of him doing his iconic well. arm in the air but if you listen to the lyrics I mean I was only 15 when it came out I've loved it ever since and in fact our wedding song um, to walk down the aisle was Born to Love You Queen off that album well listen you, you haven't disappointed us there at all with those <laughs> maybe it was it was a tough going from this, the first one I but thought I'd just get that, that out of the way <laughs> After that, some quality there, Emma, as it was in the whole of this podcast. So thank you very much for your time. No, thank you for having really, me. Really, really appreciate thank that. You. That's great. So that's episode 51 there, Martin. All done and dusted. Um, thanks so much, for Emma, for appearing with us today. If you'd like to come onto the podcast yourself, if you've got an interesting story to tell, your big adventure, or if you just want to talk about your business, you can do so. You can contact us through our Twitter feed, which is at the LM Experience on Twitter. And we'll be back with more episodes soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Jude. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening. And please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party. And your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it. <laughs>